Hello, hello. On today's show, I will be joined by Tom Z to discuss various NBA topics, and Tom gives his thoughts on the WNBA uniforms that I ranked last week. After that, we uninvite another team from the playoff party. At the end of the episode, I'm doing Nick's picks. We had an okay week last week. We lost a little bit of money, but that's okay. We got three winners this week, so we're going to be making money this week. But first, Wiki of the Week. The Wiki of the Week this week is the Sea Lamprey. Now, if you're like me and you hadn't heard of this thing until like right now, or I had heard about it just briefly before this, the Sea Lamprey is an eel-like body, like fish, but without any fins. Its mouth is jawless and round and sucker-like. This thing looks like it's out of a sci-fi film. It has like this circular mouth that can just attach onto things, and it has these like rows of teeth. It honestly looks like something out of Star Wars, or like I said, out of some sort of sci-fi. But I'd never heard of these. They look terrifying. Apparently, they're quite a pest because here we go this is the little section that really caught my attention the invasive species section of the wiki page sea lampreys are considered a pest in the great lakes region the species is native to the inland finger lakes and lake champlain in new york and vermont whether it is native of lake ontario is up for debate it was first noticed there in the 1830s but we don't know if it was from the Erie Canal, which was opened in 1825. So it's kind of one of those situations where once they've introduced a new predator to uh, an environment that didn't have like an apex predator like that, the sea lamprey ran a number on the trout there and all of the Great Lakes over most of the 20th century. So I didn't know anything about these things. I didn't know how invasive they were. I didn't know the history of them. And you know what? Now we both know a little bit more. Thanks, Wikipedia. But up next, we got Tom Z. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by CBD Brands Direct. CBD Brands Direct is an online retailer for a wide variety of CBD brands and products. Ignite makes a 50 milligram CBD infused lip balm that is blended with essential oils to help renew previously damaged skin and maintain a healthy appearance. The balm is made from beeswax and contains peppermint oil to give you that fresh feeling. Ignite products are thoroughly tested and are made from hemp-derived CBD extract. All products from CBD Brands Direct ship to the continental United States. You must be 18 or older to order, and be sure to check your specific state's CBD regulations. Visit cbdbrandsdirect.com, that's c-b-d-b-r-a-n-d-s-d-i-r-e-c-t.com to order. And use the offer code BEGONIAFM, all one word at checkout, to get 20% off your order. Make sure to use that code to let them know you came from us. Thanks to CBD Brands Direct for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM. Joining me on the show, the director, writer, producer, and half of the Lakers Exceptionalism podcast. You know him. You love him. Tom Z. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, Nick. You should have tag in one half of the 
a populated, uh, or excuse me, one half of the vaccinated population as well. So that's right. Yeah, we're both we're both one shot in, right? That's right. Get out there, get your vaccines, stay safe. Yeah, absolutely. Go get your vaccines. Uh, I'm like uh, two hours removed from my shot, so if I just pass out in the middle of the podcast, um, we're, we're all counting on you. <laughs> I'll do. I'll call Bill Gates. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are talking hoops. Uh, I know you guys are just clamoring for more MonsterVerse stuff, but you know what? We'll get back to it at some point. But we're going to get into some NBA topics, and then I'm going to give Tom a chance to give his thoughts on the WNBA uniforms released last week. And of course, we're going to revoke an invitation to the playoff party. But let's chat about the league here first. I was watching the Bulls play the Magic the other day because I'm a sicko, and the Magic (laughs) beat them handily. The Bulls have lost four straight and are three and eight since acquiring Vooch. Did they make a mistake in giving up on Wendell Carter Jr. too quickly? Well, it gets even worse, Nick, because Zach Levine is into the health and safety protocols, and it, it looks like he's either caught COVID or uh, is in like direct contact with someone who did. So it looks like he's going to be out for like seven to ten days. On top of that, poor performance post-All-Star break. Uh, and I got to say, I was looking at Tankathon. I think they have the fifth hardest schedule remaining. And I kind of bring all this up to say, I don't think it's the Wendell Carter Jr. part of it that's the issue. I think, you know, and I I shared with you some of the the statistical foundation of why the Bulls see Nikola Vucevic as like this upgrade as a pick-and-roll partner with Zach Levine. You know, Vuce is a multiple-time all-star. Yes, it's in the East. Yes, he's the center. But he's performed really really well on offense he is a plus player now maybe he doesn't have the defensive ceiling that a guy like wendell carter jr does i still like wendell like him in the short roll he's got a little playmaking we haven't seen the jump shot translate the way i thought it would you know he has this like maybe not a five tool big but he's like a four tool big you know with that fifth tool maybe that like you know the chance that ball handle and gotta do some other stuff to create by himself but a four-tool big is still a very useful big, although maybe not as valuable in the grand scheme of roster construction. The the Bulls, you know, they've been a team on the fringes for quite a while, and I just disagree with the notion that they should, A, do this in this season when they're so strapped against practice time, you know, COVID restrictions, just the inability to kind of coalesce as a unit, and also giving up this year's first when you don't know that you're for sure going to make the playoffs in a pretty pretty good draft. Yeah, that could come back to haunt them, giving up their first this year. Uh, I have uh, here, like, Wendell Carter's like 14-8 and eight since the trade, but the Magic are also 3-7, and seven, so it's not like he's lighting it up down there in Orlando. But he does, like, he's an efficient free throw shooter, and he does have a good-looking shot. So I think eventually he could be a a good floor spacer. Eventually, he's going to get that corner three or some shot where he stretches the court where he can pick and pop or, yeah, he can go sit in the corner if that's where he prefers his shot. But Vooch is good right now. And while he's a little bit of a liability on defense, what he does on offense and the fact that he's a big man that can finish games too, which you and I talk about a lot, some of these like catch and lob big men they have to come out for like the last seven minutes of a game the most important time of a basketball game so i can see why the bulls would do that if they really believed they were going to make the playoffs but as you said yeah they 
kind of have an equal chance of missing the playoffs. They're going to come up later in our playoff party chat, but I really liked Wendell Carter Jr. when he was coming out in the draft. I thought he looked good when he was on the court. I know he's been injured a lot over his first two years, and I guess we can just pause and say fuck injuries. It's been an awful week for injuries in general. Yeah, Donovan. Donovan Mitchell just went down like an hour before we recorded this with a pretty bad ankle sprain. Yeah, we lost Murray this week. Yeah, Uh, I mean... LeBron got hurt this year. I mean, yeah. for goodness sakes, if that should tell you everything you need to know. It's just, it's unreal the amount of minutes and games that these guys have been playing over the last 24 months. But in any case, I was just thinking maybe the Bulls got better spacing on offense, but they might have lost like some defensive versatility and some upside potential in the future. And Zach Levine is on a little bit different timeline than Vooch, and it would have been nice to have a little bit more young talent with Kobe White and Wendell Carter Jr., backing up Zach Levine on in, in inexpensive contracts. I think that's spot on because I think kind of the, the moral of the story is like, don't blow your load too early. Don't shoot your shot too soon where I'm not saying this is like their only shot they have, but kind of this being successful relies upon guys like Patrick Williams and Kobe white. And some of these other younger guys, like having an established role around like your two offensive hubs and it, I don't know if they're just quite there yet as far as talent level. And, you know, Kobe White's still figuring out who he is as a player. Patrick Williams is the same, although he looks, you know, pro- as a promising defender. There's just too many things that are like unknown variables for you to throw in your, your load behind it. A good player, not a great player, to just to get maybe a, an eighth seed. Um, in a, in a couple seasons, but I, I do think that growth helps that, you know, playoff experience, if used the right way, if you have a good coaching that puts these guys in like a position to have their best opportunity to win, even if they don't, you learn from that and you, you gain that momentum as a, as a career trajectory. And, and I don't know, it just seems a little bit early, especially considering how good this draft is and they could, yeah, even if it's like the 11th pick, you could still get a pretty good player. That, uh, that that's just gone now. Instead, that's Vucevic, not Wendell Carter and that guy. Right. You might be answering questions to that over the next decade if that turns out really poorly. And it, uh, Donovan, there's uh, he's a rookie coach. Or it isn't his first year coaching, but he's in his first year there with the Bulls. So again, yeah, it feels like they jumped the gun just a little bit. But let's go to a few other moves and stuff here, like trades, buyouts. What do you think was the best trade or buyout sign? The best acquisition here at the trade deadline now that we've had like a little bit of time to actually evaluate it we aren't just looking at it on paper for sure i think i probably would have said the aaron gordon trade before the murray injury and i think that like you know the murray injury obviously doesn't make it a worse trade it i i thought aaron gordon fit perfectly next to nikola Jokic and being the kind of player that could replace jeremy grant your boy the Lord of Detroit mm-hmm. these days uh, is just a great thing to do for what they gave up. Gary Harris is useful, but not very good, honestly, outside of his defense, uh, which is useful in, in the playoffs. But Aaron Gordon, um, it was a really, really good signing. But Nick, I'm going to change because I really think what it is, is the Rondo Lou Williams swap. Mm. Very interestingly good for both teams. Oh, so you think both teams came out on top there? I do. I, and like the we talked like the Hawks are uh, surging again after having this weird roller coaster of a season. 
Uh, <laughs> and and I think Lou Williams is helpful. Like you know, they have Herder, they have other guys there, but um, DeAndre Hunter has been hurt. You know, it just gives them another wing. You know, Gallo's been in and out of the lineup. It gives them another guy to to score and and just you know play his game because it seemed to have run its course in L.A. And Kawhi's been wanting a point guard since well after the last playoff run from them. So I think that just perfectly like works for both teams uh, on a high level. Yeah, I really liked Rondo there for the Clippers because I thought he was so important for your guys' run last year for the Lakers. Most definitely, he was arguably your third best player in in a few of those series so big pickup for the Clippers and I guess yeah I didn't really consider on the Atlanta side because I haven't really as we'll get to later like thought about Atlanta as like a contender for much of the season but you're right Lou can get his own shot and when Trey is doing so much creation to just spell him for three minutes in the second quarter and three minutes in the early or the late third or early fourth you're right. That's a really smart move there by, was it Travis Schlenk? Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yep. Is that the general manager in Atlanta? It was. I mean, it, smart move is like, there's a bailout move. He got bailed out because he signed Rondo to a like $14 million two-year deal. So <laughs> it didn't work with Rondo and Trey Young. It's like he got bailed out. A quarter of the league has signed Rondo to a bad contract at this point. My Kings <laughs> have done it before. The Mavericks <laughs> have brought him in before. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's he's a one of a kind player. That's what we'll say. Okay, how are you feeling about the Lakers? Like uh, they were drumming. Do you like that buyout signing? It's fine. Uh, ultimately, I don't think he, I don't think he makes a huge playoff difference. Um, I still think he probably plays, but I don't think he's a huge like negative either. I don't think he's going to be the reason they're losing games. I think in in a perfect world with LeBron and AD back, it gives Drummond like a, another really big body who can do unique things like pass and and crowd passing lanes. Um, I don't think he is, he'll be posting up nearly as much as what frustrates me. But the Lakers need that now, so yeah, it's it's good. Like they definitely have won some of these games in part because of him, uh, and that alone is worth the you know. 800 something thousand dollars that he's he's getting for the rest of the season from the lakers yeah the minimum there and then you guys brought in ben mclemore a couple days after that and he what he sunk six threes in his first game he there did. yeah uh, looked he awesome did. i sent you a little rock chalk jayhawk i know text there yes former sacramento kings lottery pick ben mclemore that's right that's right what do you guys you guys also have a morris twin right we've got markeith yeah and lebron always needs a jayhawk to win a title that's the rule <laughs> Mario? There's always been a Jayhawk on the team, so that's that's a good sign for you guys. But uh, all right, a little sad news. I guess we've already said fuck injuries. This is a little bit different, but LaMarcus Aldridge retired this week because of an irregular heartbeat he experienced during the Nets-Lakers game there. And I'm so glad, as I'm sure you are, that he's okay and he's doing what's best for him. Yeah. Obviously, most important but I just thought we could, you know, maybe shout him out here, like say, what's your favorite LaMarcus Aldridge memory or what would you think when he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame? Or do you think he will get in- inducted into the Hall of Fame? It's interesting because I didn't think about it till you kind of posed this question to me. And I reached out to a couple of my friends because my first reaction was that he's not a Hall of Famer, but I will admit mm-hmm. I am probably on the 
more conservative side of Hall of Fame admittance. And technically, this is the basketball, not the NBA Hall of Fame. So in theory, his time, I think he went to Texas, right? And I think he had a good run at Texas. So in theory, that counts. He did. Do you, do you want me just to get into my like LaMarcus Aldridge memory? Because it is his sophomore season there at Texas. Okay, yeah. The 06 season. 15 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, and 1.5 and steals per game. All Big 12. All Big 12 defense. Big 12 defensive player of the year. That Texas team had him, Booby Gibson, and P.J. Tucker. Oh. And they were just such a fun, hard-nosed team. And 15 points, this is like, I think they averaged something like 74 points a game right. this season. So, I mean, that's basically like averaging like 25 in the league. Yeah. So 15, 9, 2, and a steal and a half there at Texas. So that's what, like, I'll always remember that year of him because he didn't do too well his freshman year. And then he came out of nowhere. And then he went pro and was pretty dominant as a pro. But I think that that might tip him in. But he did only play two years. Mm-hmm. It's It's... So he's got the stats, right? So looking at it in the 20-point range, you know, 8 to 10 rebounds every year. But to me, there was no, like, there's no pivotal LaMarcus Aldridge playoff moment. I think he was always on middling teams. And, you know, maybe that some of those, uh, excuse me, San Antonio teams were the best he had been on as far as, like, having a chance. I think he's a very Mm -hmm. good player. But to me... If I can't think of a like certain moment in your career where I think, man, LaMarcus Aldridge is incredible. I don't have like, and of course I didn't watch him as much as many people. You know, he I saw him in Portland a lot, but haven't watched as much lately. He's not exactly a highlight factory. No, he was decently athletic at some point in his youth. Um, he was bouncy, and that's why he's a good defender, partly too. You know, but. I don't know. I I would pause. So here are the guys to me, Nick. Let me ask you this. Uh, And I'm going to add a name that I didn't send you at the end. So LaMarcus Aldridge, as in the Hall of Fame, these guys are not. Chris Weber, Horace Grant, Ben Wallace, Sean Marion, Sean Kemp. And now now Chris Bosh is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. So... Would you take any of those guys over LaMarcus or, you know what I mean? Is this partly like a reflection of how picky, I guess, the Basketball Hall of Fame is? Ben Wallace has got to be in the Hall of Fame. I think I agree. Four defensive player of the years in a row. That's unheard of. That will probably never be done again. And his story of being undrafted, like what? The Hall of Fame is about the history of basketball and telling the story about different successes. Like, What's a more perfect example than Ben Wallace in that case? Um, I've heard the argument on Sean Marion, The Matrix. It can go either way. I think out of that list, probably just knowing nothing, maybe Horace Grant because the NBA titles should be in too before LaMarcus Aldridge, but not Sean Kemp, although he was incredibly culturally impactful, and not Chris Webber. I just have very mixed feelings on Chris Webber. Uh, I'm quite surprised at your Chris Webber, uh, like, lukewarmness. Uh, I don't know. I figured you would say, like, Chris Webber should be in the hall. This is a travesty. Just further anti-Sacramento discrimination from the league and their sponsors. But it, but it's not only that. It's anti-that Michigan team. Like, that got paid. Like, their hmm. banners have 
never hung, you know, for their final four appearances, that Michigan team has kind of been punished ever since. And I, if anything, that would probably keep them out. And that would be, for me, ironically, a reason I would put them in. I think that uh, those Michigan teams going to back-to-back national championships while they didn't win them, like, that's still really impressive on top of what he did as an NBA player. But who do you think should make it out of that group? Is there anybody there besides Ben Wallace that you fully agree or disagree with me? I've been on the Ben Wallace train for a bit, and partly because I think I saw him so much growing up, but he was legitimately one of the worst offensive players in the league for that stretch. I think Chris Webber is probably a Hall of Famer because he was a... He was like a top five player in the league for the five years. To me, that stretch is, if at any point, if you're a top five player for five or more years, I think you're auto-induction. And I kind of don't think that playoff resume matters at that point. The thing is with Aldridge, I don't think he was ever top five. And maybe top 10. Maybe top 15 even. So... When I look at Chris Webber, maybe this is just like I don't remember the, the these years the right way because you know we played Sacramento so much. This dude was a killer, like very annoying passing, shooting, driving, being physical. Um, you know he's an, he's an awful broadcaster, but he is a very good basketball player. Do you think Chris Webber underachieved? Which I mean, come on, all these people made the league, so everybody we get it. They were. They were very successful, but could he have been better? I think there's an element of Chris Webber that could have been KG if he had a like a killer instinct the way KG did. I think KG's probably more the athletic and like physically gifted, but Chris Webber was incredibly skilled in in ways the guys that size aren't. And if he played today, you know, he he could be Jalen Brown or something. I think. Yeah, definitely, he could easily slide into the to today's game and on this list too speaking of i think sean marion would be really good in today's game too for sure but okay so you put two players here one of which is lamarcus aldridge who is the other player that you're comparing him to out of this group because these lines look really similar they do uh and so i know which one it is based on the numbers so i'll say lamarcus aldridge averaged 19.4 points for his career 1.1 blocks 0.7 steals two assists 8.2 rebounds um shot you know 49 percent overall um the major difference between these two players kind of free throw percentage aldridge is always good at 81 percent the other player is chris weber 20.7 points per game uh, 1.4 blocks, 1.4 steals, 4.2 assists, double the assists, 9.8 rebounds in a time where there are far fewer possessions than there are during LaMarcus Aldridge's run. Um, and then 49, 47.9% field goal percentage. Uh, and I dropped the advanced stats in there too. They're, they're fairly similar. They do mark some advanced differences while Aldridge might be as a better player. But I, 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 I yeah, I think this all kind of leads into... Chris Weber averaged 20, 10, and 4 for his career over 831 games. 20, 10, and 4. To me, it's like the four that really like makes me think like if it's 20, 10, and one and a half, I'm like, okay, he's a, I still really good, like probably an all-star. But right. you know, that four, I don't know, at that position that back then, like I really appreciate passing. So I, I don't know. I, I think I yeah, I think I'd have Weber. Weber is pretty good from the elbow there. 
I can picture him facilitating the offense right there for the Kings and even like later on there for the Sixers when he was That's right. a little bit older in his career. But those AI teams, he basically ran the offense for them for a couple of years. So That's right. Wow, what a, what a moment. Let's just all appreciate what just happened. Tom arguing for a King to get into the Hall of Fame. Me being a little like waffly. Oh, this is great. This may never happen again. So. I just lost all my <laughs> local audio. So sorry about that. Somehow got deleted. (laughs) All the Lakers exceptionalism fans have just dropped off. Anyone's that had come over, they're like, oh, no. (laughs) Nick Nick has, like, sucked Tom into his vortex. Lost all my street cred, man. But speaking of being sucked into a vortex, uh, roller coaster teams. We've had a number of teams climb up and down the standings this year. We talked about Atlanta a little bit earlier. They had a hot start. And then they basically had a lost season at one point. They fired their coach. Nate McMillan comes in. And now they're all the way back to home court advantage if the playoffs started today. Which like roller coaster team do you think has figured out enough to be successful in the playoffs? This is tough. Um, I think it's been a big roller coaster for a lot of teams for a number of reasons. COVID being a big one of them. But yeah, like you mentioned, so many injuries. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Mavericks. Luca just hit one of the weirdest game winning shots I've ever seen. They really struggled, uh, earlier in the season and, and they, you know, they got JJ Redick. I like that. I, I really like, you know, it doesn't matter if they're the, the six, seven or eight seed or, you know, if they'll be bummed if they lose in the play in, but you know, the jazz Clippers and Suns are, are going to, be trying to avoid like the Lakers and the Mavericks, if you ask me, because that man is just absolutely filthy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. See, this is his thing. It's like he really is. I I love Luke. I loved him going in the draft, and like it's one of these things in life that like I I just have to live with. It's almost like a like, like a breakup, and every time you see your ex, like their picture on social media. You just like feel that little twinge, like that little bit of pain. That's like every time Luca hits a game winner or Luca does something amazing. Like I'm like, oh wow, that awesome, so cool. Like I can't believe that he did that. And you then feel I'm yourself like, die inside a little bit more. Yeah. So, and it's gonna be like that his whole career, and he's gonna play for so long. I'm like, I'm gonna be like 50, and then I'm gonna have like years afterwards. I'm like, this is really the last rest of my life. Yeah. Ah, it's so frustrating. Sports, you know, like I, like I keep saying, at least the Chiefs got Patrick Mahomes at like the same time. That's true. One of my other teams got the generational player. And there are other goats, uh, you know, in, in football who look like got egg on their face for passing on him now. So, yeah. It feels good. Like the Chicago Bears fans, I feel right. your pain. I promise. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you kind of mentioned them there with the Mavs, the other team that West teams wouldn't want to see there. But the roller coaster team that I think has figured out enough is your Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, so they're being forced to do so many different things, and Vogel's already kind of a a chemist there on the bench, like with what he tries to do. And you know that LeBron is going to be ready. Yeah, your only concern at this point is AD's health. Yeah, and they just got a recent update, um, you know, put out there that AD will probably be returning in in the next week or so, possibly in one of these weekend games against the Jazz. Um, but if not, it would be shortly thereafter. So, I, 
I'm optimistic. I don't think I ever lost that. Um, mm-hmm. I think we just suffered through bad basketball and tried to find some rays of sunshine. And, and through the struggle, I think there have been positive developments in guys like Taylor Horton Tucker and Kyle Kuzma. But ultimately, what gives me a lot of confidence is this team won last season in the bubble on defense. And they changed their uh, physical defensive personnel. And now they're still number one in defense. And they've been number two overall since LeBron and AD went down. So it's not like uh, they have two just physical behemoths you can't beat. No, it's that and the scheme and the effort. Um, Like I'm watching KCP the other night, you know, and a loss to the Celtics taking charges with back spasms. In game like fifty six, just a mentality at that point. Like, like you can't tell me that dude doesn't give everything he has. And and you look at some of like the second spectrum stuff, and like, yeah, he's one of the like upper eightieth percentiles and how many miles per game he runs. So it's it's like my point about the Bulls, the guys on the Lakers, like they know their role, they know what is expected of them, and I eventually think Drummond will be a factor in that as well. But no, I mean. It is a roller coaster, I guess. Uh, sorry, sorry to go on a Lakers tangent. It was supposed to be your answer, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, I, I'm still quite bullish on the Lakers. No, I, I happy to have you give your Lakers expertise. I and I still maintain that KCP is the most undervalued moment on Top Shot right now. You can get Lakers Finals like KCP moments for like four hundred dollars and. I mean, those are rare, limited, and you guys won the, fu- the, the, the you won the title. Yeah, and he's a Laker, like in and a he's bubble always, during he's, a pandemic. It's literally never going to happen again. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Not financial advice to everybody out there. That's just my own opinion. I think that Lakers moments in general on the NBA Top Shot are going to appreciate better than other moments because it has the Lakers tag on it. Oh, show. But let's uh, let's talk about here like some some quiet teams, not some loud teams there like the Lakers that are going to sell really well in Top Shot. The, you know, I got some nominees here, but I'm going to ask you which team has had the quieter season. Nominees are Suns, Clippers, or Bucks, and you're welcome to throw anybody else in there. But those are the three that really stuck out to me because they're so high in the standings, and yet nobody's really been talking about them all year. No, I think you're pretty spot on uh, with that. I mean, the Bucks you know, got something to prove Clippers very similar and they've obviously changed course in a lot of ways to try and fly into the radar. Uh, it seems like a concerted effort, so that's good for them. I, I, gosh, man, this is tough because I am torn between the Suns and the Clippers partly because with the Donovan Mitchell injury, maybe the Suns nabbed the number one seed overall in the Western conference. And this is a team who is, more or less the same team, just with Chris Paul, without Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio. Um, you know, you got guys like Javon Carter and Campaign and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. Like, they've got something here. And just because we haven't seen it before, I think we don't know what the ceiling, what the expectation is. Everyone, I bet, at the lower half of the... Western Conference will be pining to try and play the Suns, and I don't know if that's a wise decision. 
Um, so I think I'm going to lean toward the Suns here. Although the Clippers are weirdly having like the best three point shooting season for a team like ever or something. So like, that's kind of wild, but I, I like what the Suns have got going on. And I think they, they can mess around and beat one of these teams we think is better than they are like the Mavericks or something. Man, Ty Lue knows how to coach some offense between the Clips and those Cavaliers teams. They're both so efficient. But I completely agree with you here. I'm going with the Suns on this one. Just because kind of this what you were dancing around there. The Suns haven't made the playoffs in a decade. Yeah. A decade. And now they might be the one or two overall seed in the West. Not yeah. the East, the West. And I think like the Clippers and Bucks are more in like a prove it in the playoffs category. Mm. It's not even quiet or that we're sleeping on them. We're just waiting on them. Yeah. Like they're we we have embossed their invitations to the playoff party. Those are oh, hot. Yeah. We can seal yeah. those. We can we can send those off right now. But Absolutely. like the Suns, I wasn't even ready to write that on an invitation. Now like that's gonna be coming in hot too. So I just think that they should be making more noise and there should be more of a CP3 MVP campaign. Even though the numbers aren't there, the, the conversation should be being had by people. It's yeah. time for CP3 to get a little bit of love. Oh, I agree. I'm with you. And and Devin Booker as well. I mean, he's he's continued to grow um, on a fairly consistent basis. And he's just a guy in the playoffs that you just don't want to have to guard, uh, you know, down two with 45 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if they had Luka, too, with this team. DeAndre Ayton is at least an NBA player. Oh, no. Is that a Marvin Bagley shot? If he was on the bench, he would have caught a stray. <laughs> oh. No, good point. At least Ayton plays. But it could have been Doncic out there. And you know a part of me wishes it was, because then... I wouldn't have to blame the Kings for not taking him. So if you if you take uh, Marvin Bagley over DeAndre Ayton, like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> but Doncic is, like, a generational talent, and we all knew it. It, it. This isn't some Giannis situation. It was, like, a year leading up to this draft. It was like, Luca's the best player we've seen in years. He's the most valuable player of a league with grown men. Yeah. <laughs> been playing pro since he was like 14 all right all right let's i got i got one more nba question for you here it's kind of something that we keep touching on throughout the year like title favorites and i'm at to the point i'm at the point here where the question is just would you rather have the nets or the field like if i'm putting money down like give me the nets like lamarcus aldridge just will be missed i'm sure they could have used him they'll be fine this actually means they have to play Nicholas Claxton, which is probably good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that they'll be fine. Yeah, if the Lakers don't get healthy, this season might be a wrap. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah, I, and I, I've heard the Sixers arguments. I'm so out on Ben Simmons that I can't believe in the Sixers. As good as Embiid, mm. I'm almost back in on Embiid. He's like winning me over this season. I, I challenged him leading into the season where I was like, I'm just not feeling him, but... He's been good when he's been out there. Still not healthy all the time. But as we said, fuck injuries. All right. Yeah, I'm taking the Nets too. I was kind of hoping that you'd take the field and we would like bet a cup of coffee or something on it. But you're a smart, you're a smart basketball man. It's just tough, man. As much as I still like the Bucks, actually, um, especially with Drew Holiday now, 
I, I just am unconvinced about Bud and it, like I don't see the formula where the Bucks score 125 points a night on a seven-game basis. Yep, same here. Totally agree. Well, we'll see if we're gonna do here in like four weeks, like a big old mega playoff preview. So we'll get some official predictions in at that point, but. We'll table it for now. We're both, yeah, feeling the nets. Completely agree. I'm sure others out there as well. But feel free to write in. Hello at begonia.fm. Let us know what you think. Would you take the nets or the field? But up here, we got WNBA uniforms. I ranked them 12 to 1. Basically, like, taking each team as, like, a whole unit. I didn't actually, like, break down all 36 jerseys individually and, like, rank them that way. I just took it team by team. But I just wanted to give you an opportunity. I know you're huge on uniforms as well. And we talked a little bit off air about some of these. But like, what were some of your favorites from the release? All right, man. I got I got a lot of opinions here that maybe you disagree with. I really enjoy the Chi-Town jersey because it's so different. And I appreciate that a lot about all, all of these jerseys. There's a little bit more risk, I think. Doesn't pay off all the time. But it's a lot more modern i think than modern and creative uh yeah i like it i i, I like it. the WNBA of this weird kind of um like different thing because a lot of them have ads on the jerseys and like a much more prominent position than the nba does so that's like a design you know consideration i would say uh i really like the 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 rise jersey the washington mystics one I don't know. There's like a flow to it uh, and like the color scheme. That flow is the path of the women's march in D.C. That's fantastic. It looks fantastic. The color scheme's excellent. Incredibly cool uniform. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to cop a rise. I agree with you. I got to jump back, though, to the Chi-Town one. These were my complaints on my show. It reminded me of a Mavericks uniform. There's only one of the four Chicago stars there. I would have much preferred those Chicago stars like being like a vertical trim or something down the side. It could have been the eye. Yeah, 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 that would work too. And then like overall with the sky, like they are that powder blue and gold like uh, 2000s Nuggets. And there's barely any of that on any of their uniforms. And it really bummed me out because those two colors look really good together. No, yeah, I I do like the other like Bruins esque like black jersey Chicago one they have because yeah it's like black with the Bruins kind of logo or colors. Um, I think I think it's funny the Minnesota Lynx just like kind of ripped their Minnesota Timberwolves, but whatever. It's it's sort of the Dallas kind of Dallas the Dallas Wings ones are like as uninspired to me as uh, some of the Mavericks. The Rebel one is cool, though, for the wings. The Rebel one is okay. Is that like an olive green? I don't know. It just like reminds me of those weird Spurs jerseys. Yeah, it's modeled after the P-40 Warhawk, which was manufactured in Texas and flown by the by the WASPs, the Women Air Force Service Pilots. Didn't know that. It's definitely their best one, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> That's Their other two are so boring. It looks like a really well-sponsored AAU team. Yeah, it does. Exactly. Uh, the, the LA like Galaxy one looks really cool. I don't know simplicity. The Indiana Fever like Stranger Things one is pretty sweet. Um, I don't know how that's gonna look on the court, but give me a number eleven. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like that. Uh, but ultimately, Nick, um, I think one of my favorites is the the New York Equality ones. Kind of give me Charlotte vibes. 
I love the Statue of Liberty fire in there. I like the I and I, I think I like the New York Liberty like set the best. It got second place on my on my list. I, I put the aces above it just for yeah. that black and gold because I'm so partial to black and gold, and I feel like the aces really crushed it with that one. But yeah, the the New York black one, especially like the waistband on the shorts, yeah, with the splash of color, those look so fire. And I like the the numbers that the the Liberty use as well. It looks really good with their font. That's a good call. Yeah, that very Charlotte esque. Yeah, I like it. They're modest, but they remind me of like what a good NBA jersey set like could look like. What would you like to see like or the uniforms like an NBA team to use like from these same cities? Is there any like swap over that you'd like to see like a mix and match for a night? What hmm. team would you pick? I think some of the the dream jerseys would work well in Atlanta. I mean, we've kind of seen the red one to be, to be fair, but I like like the the blue one. Uh, it's not like particularly sexy i think not to be boring but i might go with new york as well like if the, if the knicks rocked this colorway like i think it would look fire i i totally agree and they could rock any one of those three and the WNBA could rock any of them except for not the city never sleeps because those are hot garbage but like the classic blue or white knicks uniform yeah that would look great in the WNBA too they i hope they do that some sort of like swap night with the nba teams in town i don't know if they will i mean it's not like it's not like they're lacking for some swag here now in the w but uh any anything that you want to really call me out on besides i guess you liked oh okay please yeah how can you like these college ass not centered weird fucking connecticut sun jerseys they grew on me the most as I was building my list. They started in like the bottom three and they worked their way up to the middle three. And then like the more I like looked at them and broke them down, I just really like them. So they have a lot of things that I'm partial to. You know, I love like a bright orange on a uniform because we just don't get a lot of that in the league. Right. Two, we have the hoop neck. You know, I like that way more than a V neck. That cut looks really good. Three, the trim. I love the detail in it. And they collaborated with the Mohegan tribe, like with the Connecticut Sun front office mm-hmm. to design those specific patterns. All right. And the Kisusk means sun in Mohegan, which is like the tribe up there in Connecticut. So it's kind of like those OKC uniforms where I just loved that the community was working with them. So that bumped it up. And they just kept getting bumped up for like all these reasons to where, yeah, it landed at number four and I don't have a problem with any of them, but yeah, not any of them are just mind-blowingly good. But that that would be my defense for that. I get where you're coming from, though. All right, that's fair. That's fair. They just look like weird Illinois slash Syracuse like OKC jerseys. They do. They do. <laughs> How do you feel about your Sparks? I like them. I mean, I don't think like they're extra- except for the Galaxy one. I'm not sure what the actual name of them are. Uh, but they look fairly similar to kind of what we've had before. Uh, I would say kind of like slightly below average on the white one. Uh, it's a little simplistic for me. Uh, I like the purple and the galaxy one, but it's solid. You know, the sparks have had better. I think though, I don't think, I think they're solidly in the middle. And that's right. Where I had them. I had them at number six. I'm like, they didn't do anything wrong. It's like solid across the board, but yeah, that 
as you're calling the Galaxy one, I think it was like the the Seeing Stars or something like that, or maybe I'm getting mixed up with the NBA Top Shot, but it's supposed to be like the glamour of Hollywood, and it has mm-hmm. like star texturing in the black, the same way like the Mamba ones had that snakeskin texturing. Yeah. And these, I mean, I they remind me of the Mamba uniforms, the black and gold. It's very striking, especially with LA. Yeah. But yeah, so like the black is the Rebel uniform, and the Rebel, like, you also get your rise and that's where our stranger things uniform comes from mm-hmm. it's the one that's like supposed to it's like the alt jerseys yeah and hopefully have a little social commentary some relevance to the city like indiana that's where stranger things takes place the white uniforms the homes those are called the heroine and then the like colored uniforms that are like the other team ones like with the team color those are the explorer where they're supposed to be like kind of stretching the aesthetic. So we see that, yeah, with your purple Los Angeles or like the navy blue fever uniforms mm. or like the orange Connecticut ones. Those are like their explorer uniforms. So that's how they divided them up. Just so you know that. That's cool. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Honestly, cooler than what the NBA does with the city edition. And I'm like, I can't even like, they need a better naming system in the NBA because the WNBA crushed it. Heroin, got it. You know, like, it's your protagonist. That's your hero. All white, shining armor. Got it. Mm-hmm. Explore. You're exploring the different aesthetics. And then a rebel. It just makes sense. WNBA, they really crushed it. What are you going to get out of all these uniforms? I mean, I think I'd have to go with the rise, too. I really like that. I really like the, the kind of color scheme, the like shade of like salmon-ish almost. I don't even know what that proper uh, color is, but I, I, I'm here for it. It looks great. I agree. I'm between that and the fever. Mm. And then I I honestly might grab one of those aces ones as well, especially if I'm fully vaccinated. I can actually go up to Vegas this summer. I just might just grab one at the game. Yeah, dude, we should try to catch some of the NBA games this summer. Oh, yeah. Find me. Find me there. I will be there. (laughs) I'll be at every live thing (laughs) you can possibly be at. Oh, my goodness. All right. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of social events, we gotta we gotta talk about our playoff party here. Last thing we got for today here, Tom. These teams have been uninvited at this point. The Thunder, the Pistons, the Timberwolves, the Wizards, the Cavs, the Rockets, the Magic, and my beloved Kings. All those teams have been uninvited. Those are also the lowest eight seeds currently in the NBA. So we've been crushing it so far. Yeah. Yeah. Little little nod with nasty. I love it. All right. So I pretty much, I put the rest of the teams here that I think could even be possibly considered for this show. And the next show is the last show that we have to pick a team. So only two of these teams, only two of these six teams, I guess we would have to eliminate over these next two weeks. But I got the Pels, the Spurs, Warriors, Grizzlies, Raps, Bulls. Let's talk through it. Talk to me. What are you thinking? This is the first playoff party invitation that I had to thoroughly think about, sit down, do some research, strength of schedule, uh, injuries, all that into consideration, because all these teams are playing a lot of games in a lot of days, so that's pretty fair, I would say. Uh, some have a little worse than others, but more, more or less equal. So I had to look, man, and for me, Nick, it came down to three teams, I'm not betting against Steph Curry, not betting against Zion. I'm not betting against John, the Grizzlies right now. To me, it's between the Spurs, the Raptors, and the Bulls. We brought up the Bulls a little with the Zach Levine absence, just them not coalescing with Vooch yet. 
Uh, Raptors, I think, have the worst record since the All-Star break. They're like 5-15 and 15 or something. Um, but ultimately, I think I'm going to go with the Spurs, who, if I remember correctly, have the second most difficult schedule remaining. They have... Um, a couple like game against the Jazz, uh, a couple games I think against the Suns at the end of the season. Uh, they have a game against the Nets, so they have a really tough um, schedule coming up. On top of them relying on young guys like you know Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, with like DeRozan playing well, yes, but I don't know, man. I just uh, I can't see them. Yeah, I got their last twelve games here, Nick. So I'm going to try and like leave out some of the the bad stretches here, but they have the Heat, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Jazz, the Jazz again, your Sacramento Kings, the Blazers, the Bucks, the Nets, the Knicks, and the Suns twice to close out the season. So you tell me how many of those games they're winning to climb up into the playoff party. Could I argue that the Suns might be like sitting Chris Paul at that point? So excuse those games. What, they beat the Knicks? Maybe the Blazers? The Kings? I just don't see it. They've got a tough schedule coming. So my counter would be Pop. Like that dude just doesn't like to lose. You know, he he's going to make sure that his team's prepared. Um, I The Raps and Bulls, I agree with you, although... Somehow, I guess I just jumped the gun or I went past it. I didn't even talk about my favorite trade or signing or whatever. My favorite was Gary Trent Jr. to the Raps. Wow. I, I just really like him in that system. And I think that yeah. like Nurse is going to put him in a lot of positions to succeed. Not saying that the Raps are all of a sudden going to go on a tear here. But when I saw that trade and they gave up Norm Powell, I was like, I really like that for Toronto. I, I would make that trade 10 out of 10 times for sure. I think that trade's good for both teams too. Yeah, yeah, that might be a, another winner like your Lou Williams, Rajon Rondo trade. So I agree, the Pels and the Warriors, I'm not betting against Zion or Steph. Jaw, on the other hand, I don't mind betting against, but I'm not, like, eager to. So, I mean, I, I would say I'm between the Bulls and the Raps right now. I'm not willing really? to uninvite the Spurs yet. And to me, it's mostly schedule-based, plus, like, to me, the reason they're only in this conversation is pop like where's the extra ceiling they're gonna raise to you know like so what i think you're saying is like maybe they're a nine or ten seed but then they have to win those two games against a team like the grizz the warriors the the pelicans and i'm just less convinced of that versus anybody else fair fair well i was just hoping too that we'd crush it and we'd even like not even play in teams like we'd have like a perfectly clean Right. right. It's too bad we didn't start this a couple of years ago before the play-in tournament where this would be a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. But you know what? Just look at me in the in the Zoom eyes here, Tom. Is this like the Thunder situation? Am I being a little bit crazy? And just tell me, like, this is like the Thunder, and I'll go with you. Spurs are uninvited. You just tell me. Ooh, it's tough. I think you're fair to not jump the gun, but I think, um, I think his season's over for them. Okay. I do. Okay. Spurs. I'm going to mark that down here. You are uninvited. Wow. Two years in a row after two decades of making it consecutively. The safest bet in all of sports was the Spurs to make the playoffs. They just lost to the Raptors, for what it's worth. Yeah, that's true. That's because of my boy Gary Trent Jr. is dominating out there. Um, 
I don't have anything else for you today. What do you What do you got for the listeners? Plug away. Give them your Give them your Twitter handle, your show. Where can you find it? Everything. Go. So on create uh, on Twitter at Creative Destroyer, uh, we are gonna ramp up probably to twice a week consistently doing the pod. Uh, we're starting to preview potential playoff matchups. You'll hear us talk about several other teams, kind of a pretty good high level conversation as we check in with some data and some of you know I watched some clips of synergy of Portland and, and Denver as we covered them. So you know, come check us out. We uh, had a pretty good track record last season at kind of. Uh, analyzing and previewing potential matchups and adjustments um, when we uh, restarted our pod. So follow the Lakers Exceptionalism podcast, me and Cranjus McBasketball, a.k.a. Tim, doing that. Uh, and yeah, man, appreciate the shout outs as always. Always good to uh, talk in hoops and, and jersey designs with you. Dude, anytime. Yeah, I would really encourage people to jump on now because you guys know the Lakers are going to make a run. So might as well just jump on, get to know Tom and Tim a little bit better, how they talk about it, and just go along for the ride with them. I did I did that last year. It was so much fun. Thanks, Like man. after games and during games, tuned in for you guys. Because, I mean, the Kings aren't in it. So it's like, okay, who do, my, who do my friends root for? I hope either the Lakers or the Suns win for you or Van. Let's go. Yeah. So, all right, man. Appreciate you coming on two weeks from now. We'll, we'll keep it going. All right, man. I'm just going to go home and do everything I can to forget what happened in season two of Snowpiercer. <laughs> Later. This episode is brought to you by CBD Brands Direct. CBD Brands Direct is an online retailer for a wide variety of CBD brands and products. Ignite makes a broad spectrum gummy that is precisely dosed and delicious. The gummy contains 20 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD each and they're vegan and gluten-free. The gummies come in a variety of flavors, including lemon, cherry, and orange, and can be ordered in packs of two or 10, depending on your needs. Ignite products are thoroughly tested and are made from hemp-derived CBD extract. All products from CBD Brands Direct ship to the continental United States. You must be 18 or older to order and be sure to check your specific state's CBD regulations. Visit cbdbrandsdirect.com. That's c-b-d-b-r-a-n-d-s-d-i-r-e-c-t.com to order. And use the offer code BEGONIAFM, all one word, at checkout to get 20% off your order. Make sure to use that code to let them know you came from us. Thanks to CBD Brands Direct for sponsoring this episode and all of Begonia FM. Okay, it is time for Knicks picks. I'm going to recap the games from last week that we picked. Lakers at the Knicks. We had the Lakers with three and a half points. We lost that one because the Knicks won by 15. My beloved Kings at the Pelicans. We had the Pelicans covering the three and a half points. We won that one. The Pels won by seven. And that was, we won $9.10. And on the third game, we lost here... Uh, it was Bulls at Grizzlies. We had the Bulls with the points. That was two and a half points that we had. And the Bulls lost by 11. So the Grizz pulled that one out. They covered. We lost that bet. That's okay. We're, uh, let's see. Down $48.83. And our overall record is 28-39. But let's go. Like I said, we got three winners picked out for this week. So we're making some money. First game, Suns at the Bucks. Bucks are favored by three in this one. 
And like Tom and I were talking about a little bit earlier, both of these teams have been playing well and doing it quietly. But in this game, Holiday can only guard CP3 or Booker. He can't guard both guys, and he definitely can't guard even one of them for 48 minutes. So I think the Suns have the upper hand in this one, and I think they have enough bodies to throw at Giannis and Middleton. So I'm taking the Suns with the points. That's a minus 110, $10 to win $9.10. So we got three points in that one. The second game, Spurs at the Pacers. Spurs are favored by one in this one, but Tom has talked me into the Spurs missing the playoffs. So this is a double down. I'm going with the Pacers with the point, and that's a minus 110, $9 to win, or pardon me, $10 to win, $9.10. Third pick, Cavs at the Pistons. Pistons are favored by two in this one. Killian Hayes, my... My rookie that I was high on at the beginning of the year who got hurt, he is back, and he looks good. But I've just got a weird gut feeling about this one. Actually, when I picked this game, I initially was like, okay, the Pistons can cover the two points. But as I was writing it down here, I was like, for some reason, I'm feeling the Cavs, and I don't want to wake up tomorrow and have the Cavs have just dominated this game and me be like, why didn't I go with my gut? So I'm going with my gut, and I'll be able to live with it. I'm going with the Cavs, the points. They're getting two points in this one. That's a minus 110, so that's $10 to win $9.10. I'll recap the picks here really quickly. We got the Suns at the Bucks. The Bucks are favored by three. I'm taking the Suns with the points, minus 110, 10 to win 9.10. Second game, Spurs at the Pacers. We're taking the Pacers with the one point over the Spurs. That's a minus 110 as well. And the third game, Cavs at the Pistons. We're going with the Cavs in the two points. That's a minus 110 as well. But that is it for me this week. If you want to say hello, you can do that by sending an email to hello at begonia.fm or tweeting at me. My handle is at Nick Jaley. Thanks again to Tom Z for joining me. And thanks to CBD Brands Direct for sponsoring the episode. I'll be back in seven sleeps.